Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. If you have it, say amen. The Word of God says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses A, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then... You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Tell your neighbor, be strong. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong. Tell your neighbor, be strong. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong? Say it. Be strong. And courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. ready. Come on, tell tell your other neighbor, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. As you're seated, let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you, God, for being so good. I thank you, Jesus, for your word in our lives. It works on us. It, 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 it gets cultivated within us and it grows. As that seed that's planted, it, it forms us, it shapes us, it, it, it breaks us, Lord. And I just ask you that today would be no different, that your word was speaking to my life, that your word was speaking to my brother's life, that my, your word was speaking to my sister's life. Lord, we need your word in our hearts. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At some time or another, we've all dreamed of being a hero. We all want to be the hero of our story. And as you're growing up and as you're uh, developing and you're, you're gaining relationships in your life, 
you, you, you start having dreams in your life. And as young, young men and young boys, uh, we've all had that dream of hitting uh, that walk-off home run in Game 7 of the World Series as we're playing for our favorite team and we're the hero. Or, or we've all dreamed of catching that touchdown pass or throwing that touchdown pass at, at the end of regulation in the Super Bowl to, get, to clinch the, the world championship, to win the Super Bowl. Or, or we've all dreamed about sealing that deal in the company boardroom. We're the ones that brought that contract. We're the heroes. We're the ones that saved the company. We're the ones that saved the business. We've all dreamed of possibly inventing or creating the next big thing that's going to revolutionize people's lives. We dreamed of moving up the ladder of corporate America, becoming CEOs, CFOs, people that, that have position, people that have importance, people that, that make real decisions, people that are leaders. We've all dreamed of being a game changer at some point or another in our lives. In the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about certain game changers we find in the Bible. We started off by talking about Daniel, speaking uh, from the book of Daniel, and how his integrity and him holding fast to convictions that he held within his heart, how that changed the world around him. And it got a whole nation that was far from God, that didn't know God, that was a pagan nation. It got that whole nation to know the one true God. And we learned last week about David, how his trust in God allowed him to slay that giant in his life. And today we're going to be looking at Joshua for a little bit. We're going to just kind of look over the first chapter here and we're going to look at how he led a whole nation to the promise that God had given them. And some of you, as I'm talking about how he led, and the, the, the whole message is going to revolve around leadership, and some of you may be tempted in the next 30 minutes to kind of check out because you're saying, oh, well, I, that's not, this message is not for me. I'm not a leader. I, I'm not, I don't consider myself a leader. Uh, I don't have a leadership position within the church. I don't have a leadership position at my, at my work. I, I, I'm, I'm really not that, uh, that involved. I'm not that important, we may think. And, and we tend to want to check out when we start hearing about the subject of leadership. But don't check out yet. Let, just hang with me for just a little bit because the reality is that we are all leaders in some form or capacity. And there are some erroneous thoughts and some misconceptions that we have when it comes to leadership. Okay? Some of these are that we, we sometimes think that leaders are those with the highest rank, position, or title. We, we may think that that's what consists or that is what makes up a leader if they have a title or if they have a position. Sometimes also another erroneous thought that we may have about leaders is that leadership is all about prestige, power, and status. And you may think, well, I don't have any prestige necessarily. I don't have any power. I don't have any status per se, so I'm not a leader. That's erroneous. That's not right. It's not correct. Another misconception we have about leaders, leadership is that leaders simply tell others what to do. Some of you are good at that. And we think, oh, yeah, we're leaders. <laughs> 
can tell what to do and tell people to do this and do that. Another thought we may have regarding leadership is that leadership is an ability few people have. Not everybody's born to be a leader. Or that leaders are born. They're not developed. That's a misconception. The final misconception is that I am not a leader. Some of us sitting here in these chairs, some of us listening to this message may think within your heart, within your mind, I am not a leader. Far from it. What can this message tell me? What can this message say to me? See, according to John Maxwell, a very uh, famous author that wrote many, many books on leadership, and he was a pastor at some point, uh, he says this about leadership. Leadership is influence. Simply take away everything, take away all the ancillary stuff about leadership, all the thoughts you may have about leadership. Leadership is influence. So if you have influence over one single person in your life, you are a leader. You are a leader. Because when it comes to leadership in its purest form, when it comes to just the simple act of leading others, and you take away the ability to control their livelihood because it's easy sometimes to think you're a leader because you can fire or hire someone. It's easy to think you may be a leader just because you can remove someone from a position and, and move them into a different position or replace that person. It's easy to think that you're a leader when you have that ability or you have that, that power or you have that right. But when you take that power away, when you take that right away, when you can't control somebody's salary, when you can't control somebody's livelihood, leadership in its purest form is the influence that you have over someone else. You, City Church, you are a leader to those in your circle of influence. Now, for some of us, our circle may be smaller. For some of us, our circle is bigger. For some of us, it's mid-range. But regardless, you have a circle. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor you have a circle. <laughs> you have a circle. There is someone in your life that you have influence over. There is a person, there is a, a, a man, there's a woman, there's a family member, there's a son, there's a daughter. There is somebody that you have influence, whether it's a little bit, whether it's a lot. If you have any sort of influence, you are a leader, and I'm telling you that this message is for you today. And the question we got to ask ourselves about leadership is, well, Will our leadership or will your leadership be a game-changing leadership in this world? Can, it be a, can you be a game-changing leader in this world? And as I said, leading someone is not about leading someone and just telling them what to do because you want it done this way or you, want it, uh, you have this particular way that you like things to be done. That is not all that leadership is. The first thing you need to understand about leadership is that leading is to influence others towards a purpose. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 tells us, be strong and courageous. 
Because you, you will lead. You will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. God did not tell Joshua, Joshua, you will lead these people and just have them do whatever you feel like having them do. Just, uh, just as the way you like things to be done, just do them. No, Joshua received a commission from God. He received a purpose, and the purpose was not for Joshua. The purpose was for God's people, that you, Joshua, you will lead these people to the promised land. What purpose are you pursuing? God's commission was for Joshua to lead God's people into the promised land. The promised land was real, church. It was not an imaginary fairy tale. There were spies that were sent into the promised land. And the spies came back and reported and said, this is a land that flows milk and honey. This is a land that we can conquest. This is a land that we can take. This land is a blessing. And let me tell you, church, God has a land for you. God has a land for me. But in order to get there, we have to be willing to leave with purpose. And even if your circle is very small, because sometimes, sometimes we get to a point in our lives where the only influence we have is over ourselves. And the first person you and I have to be able to influence and the first person you and I have to be able to lead is to lead ourselves. Will I get up this morning and make a difference in my life? Will I pursue something that's worthy? Will I pursue something that's, that's dignified? Will I pursue something that is of higher thoughts? Will I pursue something or will I waste my time today? Leading is to influence others towards a purpose. What is your purpose, church? What are the dreams that God has placed in your heart? What are, what are the dreams that God has placed in your heart for your marriage, for your children, for your future? What has God placed in your heart? And how are you leading others to that purpose? As leaders in our families, we need to constantly speak life into those who we can influence. Wives, you look at your, at your wonderful husband, how tall and how handsome and how, how fit and how strong he is, and you tell him, I see a great man within you. I see a man that serves God. I see a man that loves God. I see a man that loves his family. I see a man. Husbands, you look at your wives and you tell them, honey, I see a woman that loves her family. I see a woman that works hard for her children. I see a woman that takes care of her husband. I see a woman that loves God. I see a godly and virtuous woman. You tell your son, I see a game changer in you, son. You're not just anybody. You are somebody with a purpose. And God's got something for your life. God is going to bring you to that purpose. And I'm going to help you get there because I will lead you to obtain your purpose. I see a great purpose in you. 
And me as a pastor, I see a great purpose in this church. I see a church that will serve others. I see a church that will change others' lives. I see a church that will bring healing to this community. I see a church that is generous. They are willing to give even the things that they may not have. Because they love. And there's purpose in this church. As leaders, we can't simply throw our weight around. We can't just say, well, you got to understand, I'm the pastor, and you need to do what I say. That's not leading. That's intimidation. That's manipulation. As leaders, we lead with grace. Because we see the purpose that is in that person's life. We see what God can do in their life, in our wife, in our, in our son, in our daughter, in our husband. And we see what they may not see yet, but we're going to speak it out. We're going to speak it out until we can see it. We're going to have faith. We're going to declare those things that are not yet as if they were. Leading others is not reminding others of the position we have. Leading Others is directing them and allowing them to reach their purpose. The second thing that you need to understand about, about leading is that leading others well means serving others well. Game-changing leadership in this time leads others by serving others. We are not put into a position of leadership so that others may serve us. You got to understand that my job as a pastor is not so that you will serve me. I get ready and I prepare and I pray for you and I, and I, and I, and I, lose, um, I lose hair <laughs> over the thoughts that I have about how can I serve this church, this beautiful church that God put in my hands. How can I serve this community? How can I serve this city? How can we make a difference as a church so that as a church we can breach the purpose God has for us? And I have to pray and I have to seek and understand the way I can serve you. See what Jesus said about this in Mark chapter 10 verse 45. He said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served. The Son of Man is himself. He's referring to himself. But he came to serve, and not only to serve, but to give his life as ransom. Jesus understood. He knew. Obviously, he knew it, right? He was the leader of all leaders. If someone was worthy to be served, if someone was worthy to, 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 for people to come and just take care of him, it was Jesus. But Jesus said, no, I didn't come for that. I didn't come for you to serve me. I came to serve so that many lives can be restored, so that many people can have an opportunity to connect with God. Yes. And here's another leadership a uh, misconception that we may have is that leadership is about gaining popularity. Because when we serve others well, we're going to serve them well when they're doing good, and we're going to serve them well when they're not doing very good. And when we do that, we're not going to be very popular. We're not. Because if I am to serve you as a church, I am to serve you 
There are going to be moments, there's going to be times when I need to address the sin in your life. And I'm serving you and you may not like it. I may need to tell you, you know, that relationship that you have that your wife or your husband doesn't know about, buddy, man, you need to quit that. God is against that. God hates that. And it's time for you to turn it around and you need to ask for forgiveness. There will be times when you may be caught and you're not telling the truth that you need to be telling. And I will probably come and say, hey, hey, buddy, man, you need to really straighten up. The Bible says do not lie. I may not be very popular at times. But if I am to serve you well, if I am to lead well, I need to be honest. And if you are to serve your husband, if you are to serve your wife well, you need to serve them behind and with the convictions that God has put in your heart. Would you study his word? See, here's the thing. We read in Ephesians, right? And and we think that, well, the Bible says that, that the wife should be submitted to the husband. And this wife that God gave me, she won't submit. She won't listen. She won't do anything. I, I don't know. I don't know. I need to pray that she can be healed from this. But see, here's where we miss it, church. When we're thinking that way as husbands, that our wife isn't submissive, we're probably missing the fact that we're not spending time with God. Because our wives don't have any responsibility to be submissive to an ungodly man. Because the Bible says, because we forget what it says, and he says, husbands, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Giving his life for her. In other words, that if you're going to serve your wife and if your wife is going to submit to you, you have to show the character of being willing to die. And when we say die, you know what? We sometimes say, oh, yeah, I would take a bullet for my wife. But I don't believe that's what this is referencing when, when the Bible says this. The Bible is referencing our egos. Are you willing to put aside those things that you want, those things that you desire in order to serve your wife? Are you willing to put away childish things in order that you can become a man, in order that you can become a woman and truly love one another, serve one another? And it's not just about your ego. It's not just about your selfishness. Now it's about one another. And then, and when you learn that, then... Your wife will submit to you. And then you will see that your husband is willing to die for you. But the problem is sometimes we're not willing to die to ourselves. And we don't learn how to serve others well. And then the sad thing is that sometimes we serve people outside of our family really well. We get home and we're monstrous. We're rude. Or mean. You guys don't shake your heads too emphatically, all right? <laughs> Keep it here. Don't be, don't be telling your husband she's talking to you. Don't be, okay? Serve others well. Joshua was preparing the people of God. Not so they could have a celebration. 
Not so they could have a party. Not so they can go have dinner. The word of God says that he went up to them, and as soon as God was done giving him the most amazing pep talk, right? Be strong and courageous. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you. And don't be discouraged. I am with you always. After God is done talking to Joshua, Joshua gets up, and in verse 10, he walks up to the people and says, Get ready. Get provisions ready because tomorrow we are going to go and take the land. And when it talks about taking, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a peaceful procedure. Joshua is preparing for war. We will lead with love, but we will also lead with exhortation, with admonishment. Parents. You guys love your kids, but sometimes you can't be friends to your kids. Sometimes you just got to be a parent. Whether they like it or not, whether they hate you or not, whether they love you or not, be the parent. You have to learn to parent them. Later on, then we can be friends. But my job right now is to lead my family. And if that includes admonishment, if that includes exhorting, if that includes them not liking what I'm saying, that's my job. That's my role if I'm going to serve them well. We need to disregard our need for validation, our need to be accepted by others if we're going to lead you look around your circle. Because some of us have a wide-ranging circle. Some of us have the opportunity to speak to others. Some of us know we have friends that are far from God. And we carry on conversations with them. They tell us things that we, that we know they shouldn't be doing. They confess things that are wrong and they, they treat you as a, as a therapy session and they dump all their problems on you. They dump all their junk on you. And, and we sit down and we take it and we take it and we take it and we don't say anything. And let me tell you, if you have influence over their lives, you as a leader should stand up and you should say, you need God in your life. You need to change because the reality is, and we don't talk about this often enough, is that there is a hell that exists. And tomorrow is not guaranteed to me. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to you. We can be going home today and we may not make it. And if we are far from God, the Bible says that those who do not call his name that the wages of sin is death. We need to learn how to serve others well. Despite the criticism you may take, despite the criticism that will be directed at you, Despite your children not liking you very much, despite your coworkers you not being very popular, despite if you never win employee of the month, despite even if your mother-in-law, even if your mom, even if your father-in-law, even if your dad don't like you very much at that moment, lead others. 
Because you have a circle of influence. You have people in your life that you can speak into their lives. Leading means standing upon convictions. As we learned a few weeks ago, Daniel, when it came time to stand upon his conviction, his integrity was tested. And our integrity is tested day in and day out. And what do we do? When societal currents and when the culture dictates that now this thing is normal, what do we do? Do we sit back and we accept it? Do we sit back and allow our children to get wrapped up in society, get wrapped up in culture when we know that God's word is against it? When we know God's word that speaks against it, are we going to allow our children, our family, our friends, the people around us to just get sucked in? To this world that offers no hope, that offers no future? Or can we stand before society? And as we look at society and we see the giant that we're facing and we see how it's getting harder and harder to preach God's word. It's getting harder and harder to say something on your social media feed and share it without getting, being attacked and criticized. And can you stand there in your, uh, firmly on your feet and say, it doesn't matter. You choose who you're going to serve. Can we be like Joshua and say, but as for me and my house, I will serve, we will serve serve the Lord. We will serve God Almighty. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't even matter who you choose, but I'm choosing God. And if you're coming to my house, you better know you may hear about God. It's sad to think that there's some Christians in life that they go and they go to work and no one at work knows they're Christian. But everybody knows that we like the Dallas Cowboys and that we're going to beat the Eagles tonight. Everybody knows that. Had to throw it in there. We all know that. But that you have convictions, that you have integrity, that there have been giants in your life that you've faced and you've been able to attack them head on, no one knows that. We have to come to a point in our lives where we say, I can lead you. I can help you. But when we reach the crossroads and you decide to go against God's will, you decide to go against God, what God says in his word, we will have to part ways. I will still love you. And if ever, ever, ever you want to know about God, I am here. Just as God says, James said, Draw near unto God, and he will draw near unto you. But the moment that you walk away from God, God is a gentleman. He's not going to go chasing necessarily after you. Because that's your decision. Yeah, God loves you, and God will throw reminders. God will put people to try to call you back. But it's up to you to take the first step back to God. How? Will you lead others? I'm going to ask you to stand.
For some of us here, I, I believe truly, I truly believe that there's people here today. That as I'm speaking and as I'm give, delivering this message that you, God put somebody in your heart. That you know God has been telling you, you need to talk to him. It doesn't mean that you need to come with the Bible and knock him over the head with it. It means that you need to be friends with them. It means that you need to reach out with them. Let your love shine through because God's love is within you and let his love shine through to that person. Some of you here today, though, are far from God. And you feel God calling you and saying, child, come home. Come home. The world has nothing to offer you. All you can find there is heartbreak. All you can find there is loss. All you can find there is depression. All you can find there is a lack of joy in your life. But if you come to me, I will draw near to you and I will lift you up. I will put my light within you. I will give you that joy you seek. I will give you that satisfaction you need. There is no other well you need to go to because I am the living water. I am the only well that will never dry run. Run, run dry. Jesus, musicians come on. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. How will you lead yourself? And how will you lead others?